This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, United must resist resilient wraith, and paltry pen punishes D. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. It was supposed to be a festive edition, so I'm Tom Duthie and joining me in wearing a Christmas jumper is Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. Not joining us in wearing Christmas jumpers are Alan Temple. Yeah, I feel really bad, but I've, I've not been overly well this week, so I've not been able to get out ah, to buy a Christmas jumper. Yeah. And, and George Cran. Yeah. Now, Didn't even be bothered with yeah, that. No, excuse, I know. No, well, how do you know I'm not wearing <clears throat> Christmas Underwear or whatever. Eh? <laughs> because I'm sitting next to you and you don't have your jeans on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pair of Tesco punders if I ever saw them, George. <laughs> now, but, you know what I had to do? I was going to moan, but I have to be fair and say, when I was a working football writer, and obviously I use working very loosely, people used to people used to say, oh, do you not like Christmas or stuff like that? And it, it wasn't that. Christmas is a busy time in football. And I was just thinking about football. Mm. At Christmas, and I so I will, excuse, I, I will forgive you both. Yes, yeah, and I never. I mean, don't, my attitude was: don't be a football writer if you want ten days off at Christmas. Although George used to take ten days <laughs> off. At it's Christmas. funny when you hear people talking about planning their festive period and yeah. their Christmas holidays, and you go, Christmas holidays don't really exist for us, do they? I mean, this is pretty. Or and to be fair, anyone in the football industry, because you feel sorry for players that mm. how many times do we chat to players and we'll say oh, are you looking forward to Christmas well, the yeah, well, we'll, we'll get a wee bite to eat in the morning but then it's into training you were dealing with people you were working a lot and you were dealing with people that were working even more so yeah. it, it was just a it was a busy time and I, I was fine with that that was that was I've got I mean, to say Tom, before we left after the last week's show we said remember next week your Christmas journey yes Remember? Was it, yes, because, well, actually, it wasn't, That's before a, discu- I was struck it down. wasn't a discussion. <laughs> Producer Megan, the scariest person I've met since oh. Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> said, We're in Christmas jumper next week. That's what she speaks. I see if you refuse to speak, I'll decide, I'll decide the listeners and the viewers get to what you sound like. We're in Christmas jumper next week. Are you for it? <laughs> so I have to say, Kudos to Alan and George for being brave. I would have learnt a knit and knitted one if I had to. I was that scared. But anyway, it's a football yep. show. Yeah, there's always next weekend. There's always. There speaks a queen of the south far. There's always. We won the weekend. Could be worse. Anyway, into the football. Huge week for United, Alan. This yeah. is the game on Saturday. Here comes Wraith. Just how late do you need to actually take the lead against Wraith Rovers to beat them? It's extraordinary by this point. I was uh, saying yep. to Bear when we met in the foyer, I've got the perfect uh, plan for United. Mm. No subs, no injuries, finish on 90 minutes, <laughs> and that's Wraith. Deny them the opportunity Snooker. to get there a couple of goals. Be no, <laughs> there will be no flurry of goals in injury time. They did it again the other night, our both 95 minutes on the clock and they scored the winner. Yeah, it's, it really is remarkable. They'll be facing an opponent that um, 
has, I mean, it's almost a cliche to describe teams as having a never say die attitude, but they're taking it to a new level and there's clearly something in the in the water through there at the moment. Um, a shout out to a Twitter account called uh, DUFC Stats, who did all the hard work in terms of compiling a league table of what the championship standings would look like if games finished at the 75 minute mark. And they've got too much time on their hands, obviously. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, let's put the hoods on the runner back up or down when they were doing that. Wraith Rovers, what position would Wraith Rovers be? What do you take a wild guess? Sixth. I was going to wait to say that, Joe. I'll, I'll say seventh. Eighth. Eighth. Oh. If games finish in the 75th minute, Wraith Rovers would be eighth in the championship. Now, completely moot point, games don't finish in the 90th, in the, sorry, in the 75th minute. I so Dundee they used to finish in the way the 30th. <laughs> so, but it does give you a sense of just how um, strongly Wraith Rovers finish games, and it will be a a fascinating aspect of, of the game at Tanadice and I think one thing will be absolutely guaranteed even if United do get a lead even if they are playing well and look dominant you won't be counting out Wraith Rovers they've got a, a, a remarkable spirit and camaraderie and also it speaks well of the options they've got from the bench mm -hmm. you know, Louis Vaughan didn't start last night but they've got a player of his calibre that they can bring in yeah. and can get a decisive goal late on they've got options in attack I don't think their defence is good I'll say that right now. Um, they've obviously had their injury problems. They've had people gradually coming back to fitness, other people dropping out. I think Dundee United can get a lot of joy against that defence, yeah. but I do also think that you um, uh, discount the Wraith Rovers attack at your peril. And I just really can't wait for the game because I don't think Wraith Rovers have got the capability at the back to do anything other than say, do you know what, we're just going to need to go toe yeah. to throw toe mm. with you. And will either lose 4-3 or 1-4-3 or, you know, whatever. But I don't think they have the capabilities to come to Tanadice and say, come break us down and we'll hit you in the break. Because I think if they try to do that, I'm, I, I think Dundee United's attackers are a lot better than Wraith Rovers defenders, fundamentally. So There's um, also the thing that Ian Murray's a smart cookie as a manager. You, I remember Lee Wilkie used to say this to me about games at Ibrox and Parkhead. He, he felt managers undermined the team's confidence if they were going into these games playing well, mm -hmm. scoring goals, as Wraith are right now, and then you say to them, right, park the bus. Yeah. Players go, players go well, does the manager not think we're good enough to handle this? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I've never actually, I, yeah. I, I didn't kind of see Lee saying that, but that's, I've never really thought of that from a player's perspective, and it's a, that's a great yeah. point, really interesting point. Um, and uh, I, I suspect... Uh, yeah, I suspect that Ian Murray can only tell his players to keep playing the way they are mm -hmm. because their their strength is in the final third. And from a you know a working perspective, and for the both sets of supporters as well, yeah, uh, pretty much every game at Tanadice has followed a very similar pattern, which has been to an extent attack versus defence. Um, you know, a team challenges Dundee United to break them down, and either they manage that and go on to win comfortably, or it becomes a bit stodgy and a bit attritional. So I'm just looking forward to having a completely different game of football to, to cover and uh, I think it will be really entertaining in terms of the football on show but also in terms of the tension in the stand. Yeah. You know, United going into a game knowing that if they lose it, uh, they could go, in fact, they, if they lose it, they will go five points behind Wraith Rovers, mm. albeit with that game in hand. Makes it really fraught and uh, a real test. So we'll come to that negative in a minute. We're, we're keeping this first half as the <laughs> Alan Temple show. And, and, and if you want more of Alan Temple, George has told me that he's an audience with Jim Goodwin 
uh, was recorded and went very well. It's available on YouTube. Very good cross promotion there, yeah. Tam. What a that pro! Was a, that was a nice segment. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I got? To it? It's available on YouTube, and George <laughs> didn't tell me it was available on YouTube. He said it was available. I think it is YouTube. Well, it says in the notes. Have you not read the notes? <laughs> notes. <laughs> and it's also on the, the podcast. Reading's never been a the, strength. It's man. also on the podcast feed if people want to see. Oh, it's, it's on the podcast feed yeah, too. So well, get up, get onto the DC dump. If you're if you're listening if you're listening to this, then you can't have missed it because no. you're clearly a, a loyal subscriber to yeah. this waffle. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sure it, uh, I'm told it was a very interesting evening. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was nice to you know, you, as you guys well know that although you speak to people within the game, managers, players, uh, every three days or so those sit-downs aren't necessarily conducive to a hour-long meander through their no. career. That's not what it's for. There's a, there's a you know a hell of a lot of you know contemporary football to be spoken about. So it was nice to actually just go for a wander through through Jim's career, a very interesting one, a, um, one that's come a, a long way from a, a you know Tremor, a tiny wee um, kind of countryside place in the in the south of Ireland. So it's uh, yeah, it was a good chat, and I think there's plenty there that I think if you're a United fan, you'll probably watch it and maybe come away knowing a hell of a lot more about your manager than you maybe did going in. So, um, very enjoyable in is that it regard. Fair to, fair to say, Jim Goodwin comes across as a very slick operator in front of the camera. He is very polished, he's, yes. He's very uh, good, isn't he? Yeah. And it. I can imagine it's a different story in the change room when he w wants to get his message across, but in front of the camera, he's excellent. It's funny as well because, you know, think of him as a player and, you know, snarling yeah. midfield type and whereas I now look at him and think I actually find it quite hard to imagine him losing his temper yeah like you saw him as a player and his default seemed to be lost temper <laughs> whereas now <laughs> yeah, I, honestly yeah. I, d I deal with him all the time and you, you kind of you, you struggle to imagine him losing his cool I'm sure it happens and I'm sure it's yeah. all the more impactful for yeah. the fact that it's hard to imagine mm. but yeah, it's, it's funny how somebody's playing demeanour can totally change when they go into being I a manager. Got, I, I developed, right at the end of my career, I developed a theory about it. You always think these, these hard-tackling mm. basic players, you, you always thought they'll come off the park and they'll speak like Megan, the producer, or <laughs> monosyllabic. <laughs> but I, I often think that those type of players, it's based on they have the intelligence to know what they can and can't do on a pitch and they stick to what they can do and it takes a bit of strength of character to stick to that because people are wanting to see fancy football and also a bit of in, a bit of intelligence and self-honesty this this is actually more like an episode of Frasier, isn't it? <laughs> you do know that Megan's entirely responsible for editing you and how you come across, and she could do anything with your voice. Like You're going to sound like you've been inhaling helium or something <laughs> yeah. by the time she's gone through the edit. Well, I hope. Rightly so. <laughs> Rightly so. You're going to get your comeuppance. Anyway, enough of the adverts. We'll go go back to Saturday. You mm. you were at Starks Park for the one-all draw, am I right in saying? Between Wraith and, and United. And United, of course, yeah. That was one of the games uh, that bucked Wraith's trend. Where did United not finish that game the stronger side? I would say so. Yeah, uh, they they went behind and came back in the second half and were the dominant team, benefiting from the fact that they brought Louis Moult off the bench and he helped to kind of turn things around. That was a, it. Was a very even game, to be fair. Um, I think a draw was one hundred percent the right result, and I think they're two evenly matched sides at the moment. Um, I think it will be, as I say, a, a tight game, um, but not tight in such a way that you're looking at who's going to nick one goal and 
uh, from a nil-nil position. I think it will be tight in the sense that both teams are, I think, are going to score against each other. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to pick it right now. I think Dundee United will win this league ultimately. Mm-hmm. However, I wouldn't put my mortgage on Dundee United winning the match on Saturday, uh, just due to how important momentum is within football and the way the wind's blowing. And yeah. it feels like there's just a certain vibe at Wraith Rovers at the moment. I don't think um, a team that um, <laughs> is so reliant on coming from behind and so reliant on last-minute goals um, as a team that ultimately will win the league, as, as I've said before in this podcast, I think a level of control um, is usually required for champions. Um, but at this moment in time, just with the way it's going, um, yeah, it would take a brave person to say Wraith Rovers couldn't go to Tanner Dyson one on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Bear, Wraith, quite rightly, are the team that everyone's talking about just now. They deserve that sort of attention. What a chance this is for United to put the, the narrative back on them. A win for United on Saturday and everyone's back talking about they've hardly conceded, mm-hmm. they're unbeaten, they're, they're, they're be- capable of beating everybody comfortably. Yeah. And it, it would be a big statement for well, United, I think it's it? uh, the fact that race rollers are, are grabbing all the attention at this point in time is quite a good thing mm. for Dundee. Yeah. I think Jim Goodwin will be quite happy to leave them with a limelight leading up to this, this game. And it's... It is a massive game. That, you know, there's, there's no denying that. It's a, there's a case for saying it's the game of the day in, in Scotland, if you're mm-hmm. that way inclined, you know, because of what both teams have done this season. Um, and there's going to be a bumper crowd there, you know, be pushing up towards 10,000. That would be a surprise. I think it'd yeah. probably be the second biggest crowd. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be, so it's going to be yeah. a cracking atmosphere. So it, it's set up, but... You know, yeah, Jim Goodwin will be quite happy that the tension has gone on to, mm-hmm. to Wraith Rovers. Jim Goodwin, obviously, they had the little blip in the cups there, you know, where they had a couple of losses. But he'll be thrilled with last week's performance against Air United. Obviously, they've won the game, they've got back on track. But the most of the, the manner and the way they've done it, the 1-0 yeah. victory, they, that's been a, a hallmark of their success this season, really. Yeah. You, know, you know, keeping it quite tight at the back and... A, a goal doesn't carry for them again, as we've spoken about them so often in the past. Such a key, key player for Dundee United at, at this point in time. And now the fans must be actually, actually looking at him to, to come up with the goods because he seems to be you know, the, the man who steps in and, and grabs at all important goals. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, crack, a, a cracking game. What I would say is, regardless of the result, and it, it could go either way, you know, I, you know, I think I've done United are winning one. We've spoken about Wraith Rovers getting late, late goals. I'll tell you this: I've done United are winning one nothing with five minutes to go. I'd be very surprised if they score two goals against Dundee United. That Dundee That's what United I said last week, and you I'd mocked me. Very, very surprised. Uh-huh. I think Jim Goodwin will be would bite your hand off for that scenario at this point in time. But regardless of where the game goes, the both teams have still got 20, 20 games, mm-hmm. twenty games to yeah. go. So it's not going to be defining in terms of what's going to happen over the course of the season. But what I will say, I'll I'll show show where sort of, you know, um, where both teams are in in, in terms of, it's the two best teams in the league. Who's going to put down a marker? Um, I I look back at last season uh, as a Dundee fan and Dundee's games against Queen's Park and Dundee laid down an early marker against Queen's Park and had the edge throughout the season. So from that perspective... Going forward, it's important for somebody to strike a blow 
early door and hopefully that from our perspective is done to unite they can do that i think it's a really good point to mention the fact that this isn't the title decider no. like we love mm. to talk up uh, <coughs> these matches and we'll, it really is it does feel like a big match but there does need to be a sense of perspective like a, a loss would be really poor from a united perspective however say they were to lose it would be their first league defeat of the season yeah and that would need to be remembered and likewise a draw while absolutely not what united fans want or should expect i would say a draw wouldn't even be a disaster because they're then just they're a win at capital away from going back to top of the league with that game in hand so regardless of the result i think a bit of perspective will be needed because the depths of December is not when a title ever gets decided. Mm. And yeah, well, I was, I was going to respond to there, Alan. A, a, the title <coughs> was decided in October. According <laughs> to me. I, the other thing, I agree with you, the way, the way the league's worked out, but since you're here, George, you might as well answer this one. Psychologically, is defeat for Wraith Rovers more damaging, even though they're away? Is it more damaging? Because they're flying just now. United haven't been so smooth in recent weeks. If United beat a Wraith Rovers team that's really on form, does that, it doesn't decide the title, mm. but does it send out just that sort of seed of thought in Wraith's mind that they are better than us? I, th I think so, yeah. Um, Thank God for that. <laughs> well, the talk has been all season about United being the big team in this division, and they are. And Wraith Rovers are going in this game, even though they're top of the league, they're, st they're still going in this game as underdogs. And that would only reinforce that if, if United go and, and hold them at arm's length and, and pull off a... It would be a, it would be a, a big victory because obviously they'd go back top of the league. And as we've been talking about, United being unbeaten at this stage of the season is, is quite a remarkable run. After 14 games played, mm -hmm. that would be 15 if they, if they keep that going. That's pretty good. Um, and... We shouldn't forget either. I was just having a wee look at the United's form recently. I know it's been coloured by the, the two cup games. Mm -hmm. They only actually lost one of those to Falkirk. And that's their only loss since the League Cup group stage. Are you not claiming? So, uh, when's well, the yeah. replay then, John? <laughs> <laughs> we won the penalty shootout. But a win's the, a win's a win. In the game. In the game. Yeah, in the game. They're over, so, over 90 minutes. Yeah. The, the, they've only lost one game. And in the, in the league, they've what? Uh, They've only dropped two points in the past six games. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's great form. It's, it's brilliant form, and we really shouldn't forget that. And I'm sure they, they don't forget it at United. I, I think I, I agree with Bear that the wee bit of focus on Wraith Rovers has been not the worst thing for United because that pressure can, for can start, build people haven't been talking about United's bad performances. Yeah, and and, and what Alan mentioned last week about Jim Gooden kind of talking up Wraith Rovers, and I noticed they did that again in the. The night on on Tuesday night when you were chatting to him, that he was, he was bigging them up at the start, mm -hmm. and you, you could see that that's the kind of intentional. I'm quite happy with that. Bit of the Fergie going on there. Well, I, I wonder in in terms of as well the the mindset of the United players. I, I do wonder if there's an that. element of them that they'll be watching yeah. the, the, lot? the praise yeah. that Wraith Rovers are getting praise to the hilt what a story they are they play such great attack in yeah. football and they must be kind of thinking to themselves well hot the bus we've scored 34 goals in the league they've scored 28 and we've played a game fewer than them mm -hmm. so see if there's an element of them that are maybe if, going do you know Jim what I Goodwin give you his team talk no, no <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I, that's what I was going to ask you if you're Jim Goodwin are you tempted to say your team talk be based around 
how great everyone's telling us Wraith are. But look at the stats. Let's go out and show. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure his, his team talk will be better than anything I could kind of come up with on, on the fly on a podcast. But what I would say is it's something that I think if I was to put myself in the head of, say, like a Glenn Middleton or a Kai Fotheringham, I probably would be thinking, you know, well, it's... Yeah, sure, Wraith Rovers have got some good attacking players, but our attack's been better. We, you know, I've yeah. been at the forefront of a better attack, mm. and you know, there's there's nobody that's painting me as the story of the season. So see if that puts a wee chip on a, a couple of shoulders, yeah, which I think it, I think it maybe would if I was mm -hmm. a player. Then I mean, that's not a bad thing. If you're a Declan Gallagher or a Kevin Holt, are you not going? Wait a minute. Because of what we've done at the back, our strikers haven't had to score in the ninety something minute, mm -hmm. seven or eight times this season. Because we've won the games yeah. in a conventional fashion. Perhaps. Uh, I, I think I would have less of a chip on the shoulder if I was a defender, because I feel like they have had their flowers this season. You know, I, United have got the best defensive record in British League football, and I, I think everyone's kind of acknowledged that, that, that Dundee United's defence is, is something pretty special this season, certainly in, in terms of doing the, the basics and not conceding anything daft. But I do think it's at the other end that I'd, I'd maybe be... Um, if I were a United player, thinking, really, are we Rovers the attacking story? Because mm -hmm. like we've been, we've knocked in fours, fives, and sixes yeah. this season. Wraith Rovers haven't won a league game by more than a single goal all season. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I think I think Wraith Rovers are doing something you know pretty special at the moment. But um, in terms of comprehensive successes this season, Dundee United. You know, have have been better in that regard, and I'm sure they would love to serve a reminder of that. Yeah, I mean, again, guys, I mean, in the league, like you see, it, it is, it's eye catching what Race Rovers have done, and well done to them. It's great, it's a great story, and it's a great brand of football to play. But if you were as a manager, you're surely looking at the way United have put together this season. When they play well, they destroy teams. When they don't play well in the league. They shut up shop and make sure they do enough to get the three points. And that is the I mean, that's the definition of a title winning team normally, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is. I mean not on, last season was completely different, I've got to say, where everyone was having a go and yeah. there was goals going in left, right and centre, yeah. as George will tell you. And that's why there was a, you know, in, in the running there was probably half a dozen teams still with genuine chance of certainly putting their oar in when it came to the, the, the title um, but it's, it's, it's a two horse race this season and that's why uh, I think it is so important to, to you know to get the result as I say it's not season defining but when it comes to a two horse race you get your blow in first so that if that two horse race continues and it comes to another crunch game yeah. which is even more crunch than Saturday's will be you know and Saturday's is, is a big game it's not a crunch game but you know as the season moves on if it's still a two horse race you know you've got the edge, and that that could be massive. You know when it when it comes to getting over the line. But yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, I think United's defence has been outstanding this season, and you know as as well as Wraith Rovers have done. You just don't see them, even with you know. I know they've got a lot of attacking players there, which which and they can cause you harm. Even with those players, I don't see them creating the same sort of opportunities against Dundee United as they have done against other clubs, and ultimately. That's how strikers manage to get goals. That's how midfielders manage to get goals because you're creating things for them. Mm -hmm. there's, there's openings there for them. If they don't get the same percentage of openings, they're not going to score as many goals. Is it defensive depth that 
Yeah. Gives mm-hmm. United a great chance. And by that, I mean most championship teams will have a decent couple of players here, there. But there'll be areas. United are strong in the back line, strong in goal, and defensively are very strong in midfield as well. So it's, a, I mean, this is Wraith's biggest challenge for yeah. their brand of football, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why it's, it's going to be such a fascinating game. Can, can Wraith Rovers topple, obviously, the best team in this league? And, you know, can Wraith Rovers style a play? Will, will Ian Murray set them up to go at United? And if they do, what does that mean? As Alan says, is Wraith's defence capable? If Wraith Rovers are, are leaving gaps and are, are willing to, you know, push on at one end, which will stretch the game... Will that, will that give United an opportunity to go and exploit that? Um, United's strength, as you say, in depth, in defence, but I think it's a system Jim Goodwin has now. He's, he's quite comfortable if someone, we've seen it you know, through the season, if somebody drops out, somebody comes in and can do a similar, a very similar sort of job in, in a structure that, that stays pretty rigid you know, throughout, the, throughout the campaign. But um, you know, I don't know what the injury situation is for this week, Alan, and, and, you know, but you would expect to see... They're looking good. Yeah, I would expect yeah. to see... Mm-hmm. The, the usual suspects in that team, you know, obviously Holt and Gallagher, are Sibbled and Dockery, yep. in that the, you know, the key men, you know, in in that team for for this game. And uh, yeah, I think United is. I can see United just edging it, Tom. Yeah, I've, I've got a degree of confidence. I must admit. The other thing I was going to say is, does what make this an important game for United, as well as the, the you know the points, is what happened last season. You want to keep the fans positive. Because you, you, the, the, uh, is the fan confidence in the team still a bit fragile? And if it is, it would be understandable. Yeah, I, I'm not sure whether it's their confidence in this team is fragile as such. Just, I think maybe the confidence in general is is a little bit fragile. Mm-hmm. I think there's a sense of, um, you know, it could all collapse at any moment, which to be fair isn't a feeling that... I particularly get, but then again, I'm blessed with neutrality. It's not yeah. whereas fans have gone through the trauma of that relegation. And no, I mean, I, I honestly, if Wraith win on Saturday, I think it'll be a bigger blow to the United fans than it is to the United team because I think they've got the characters in mm-hmm. the dressing room. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, yeah. but if I was well, a fan, I'd fans, be worried about fans will, here we'll go again. We'll look at the table mm. and yeah. see a five point gap, <clears> and the alarm bells will start ringing. But I would, I would say to them, you know, if, the, if that is the worst case scenario. You've got 20 games to pull that back. Well, you know, let's, yeah. let's not get too, you know, overexcited well, about it. Well, you look at how quickly things can change. Yeah. All you have to do is look at the bottom of the table. This time last week when we were doing this podcast, Greenock Morton were four points adrift at the bottom of the table. Oh. And now they're seventh. Yeah. After two results. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's just how quickly things can change. And that can do it. That can happen at the top as well as the bottom. Yeah. I mean, United have spent so much of this season um, at the top of the table that the notion mm. of them having a gap towards the, the top and, mm-hmm. and not being there can seem like a catastrophe but you know we sat here for so many weeks and there was you know last season and there was plenty of periods where Dundee were not top of the well, league there were six <laughs> I think at one point you know and it's, in the middle of the season but yeah. because Dundee hadn't been ensconced at the top of the table yeah, for that yeah, whole, uh-huh. it was a it was a different feeling you know it's you weren't kind of labored with the the oh we've been top what's happened Mm-hmm. kind of feeling it was it was more of a well this is a journey whereas um I, I, clearly uh united fans it would feel like a descent if they were to um uh, slip five points behind which as bear rightly says we're talking about worst case scenarios yeah, there's yeah. not you know there's no point pulling your hair about uh, out about something that's that's not happened yet but 
Yeah, it's you, you don't want to patronise supporters if they, if they want to be upset about a five-point no. gap. Should that happen, then absolutely crack on. Mm-hmm. So be it, the proof will be in the pudding. But um, I I and the people within United, I, I don't think we'd be freaking out at that point because there's a lot of really experienced pros mm-hmm. that have played at a high level that are more than aware of just what a grind that this season is going to be. And it's a it's a grind that will go on a lot longer than, than, uh, than this yeah. Saturday and indeed this month. Yeah, Wraith aren't going to go away, are they? I, mean, I, I, I was talking earlier there about United's defensive strength and depth in terms of the 11 they put out in the park, and it's, it's good to see they're speaking to Craig Sibbald about... Well, it's more a case a of it's, it's more a case of Craig's going to play so many games that he'll trigger an extension, so I don't think there's many con- uh, conversations to be had, uh, per se. It's, a, um, it's an automatic one, effectively. Um, I don't think he would have any desire to go anywhere else. I think he um, will see his career path as hopefully United get promoted and he goes into a premiership season mm. as a guaranteed, you know, first name of the team sheet yeah. starter, which um, it's, it's just ho- a good fit in that, yeah. in that team. And and it'll be great to see him in what would hopefully next season, Touchwood <coughs> in the top flight, be a better than the United team because he was a shining light in a um, in a horror show of a United team last mm-hmm. season and. Um, you kind of felt sorry for him. He was wearing so many hats in terms of his role in that team. He was trying to be a one-man defence against midfield counter-attacks. He was trying to make passes. He was trying to get forward. It was a hellish job they had, and yet he still managed to come out of it with um, his pride intact. And he's been excellent this season as well. And he's a player that hasn't always had uh, great luck in terms of injuries and things like that but he now looks fit as a fiddle, playing great football, and I'd be really excited about what Craig Sibble could look like in the top flight next season because he's a player that's really kind of coming of age. He's a as, Premier League player, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's coming of age, I would say. Um, takes a bit longer for some people, you know, find their role. I remember him as a... I mean, not to age myself, but I mean, I was covering Craig Sibble when he was 16 at Falkirk, and he was a, a floating wide kind of, or slash number 10 player, and you could never have imagined him as this tough tackling, hard running, physically strong for, for a guy that's not super tall um, midfielder, but that's what he's evolved into, and real boost for United that he'll be here for the long haul, because I think uh, some supporters have, you know, balked at the, the notion that Jim Goodwin said that conversations about contracts will um, be on hold effectively until they know what division they'll be playing in but it is worth bearing in mind the economics of the modern game it is worth bearing in mind that unbeknownst to to supporters and things that that there might be some of these kind of automatic extensions milling away in the background maybe um, some players could tick along into that and, and United could have options and things like that so just because there's not conversations deeply taking place it doesn't necessarily mean that the guys won't be you know, sticking all sticking around. It's a sign. I mean, I haven't praised Jim Goodwin enough today, so it's a, it's another sign of astute management, and it's a kind of management directors don't always love when they mm. see the, the the contract extension uh, fall into place automatically. But he's quite right. If you if you know the players that are good enough, yeah. you you don't want to have to speak to them. Make sure you've got them tied up. Craig will not be one of their highest earners as, as well. I mean, not to talk about the grubby matters of, you know, football finances and things, but, uh, you know, when when he joined from Livingston, it, uh, he wasn't one of their 
it seems remarkable that he wasn't one of their sort of heralded signings. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was so many, and you're like, oh, Stephen Fletcher. I was Fletcher never that type of player. You know, Vital yeah. to the team. Yeah, I, he's, I think he's probably, well, I don't think there's any probably about it. It was last season's best signing, and well, yet it was the least hyped. George, George will tell you, it worked quite well for Dundee last season in a similar, similar scenario where the vast majority of the squad were out of contract. Yeah. And had some, if you go up, it's great. They had some players who have got big futures ahead of them, and no one was offered a new contract until they actually saw yeah. what they were yeah. going to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. and I think I think it worked in Dundee's yeah, favour. Yeah. United might do it a bit earlier than Dundee left. Yeah, it, possibly, possibly. But I think it worked in Dundee's favour as well, George, because yeah. they, they had to go and play. And that was, you know, it's it's a good carrot. It's a good carrot to have in front. Yeah, of you. Yeah. yeah, I think priorities in terms of the priorities as well. I think not discussing new contracts and instead mm -hmm. going into January and saying, do you know what? If needed, if Wraith Rovers are ahead of us or we're in a tight yeah. fight for the title, maybe direct that budget towards strengthening. Yeah. Um, because um, I, I think United could do with um, certainly another striker, um, another centre-half, if they're not going to trust Ollie Denham to play any minutes, get him back down to Cardiff and bring in another centre-half. Um, and potentially even, uh, depending on you know how Jordan Tilson's perceived, you know, could perhaps use someone in central midfield so the, I would say you know there's there's areas in which United could do with a wee bit more depth um, and that given they're in the midst of a title fight maybe would be a better priority in January than um, extending players contracts Right now before the Twa team sleigh slips across the, the road to Dense Park this is of course a time of year when nostalgia plays a part and we we'll, like to have a few wee drinkies and Reminiscing. So, you bring, have you brought in drinkies? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Internally. Oh, oh. <clears throat> but wasn't it great to see Dave Bowman get a red card? <laughs> mm -hmm. On the Just same, like the good old days. On the same day that Duncan Ferguson got a red card. <laughs> Honestly, just like the good old I days. I mean, uh, it was just what a yeah, a wonderful throwback day. Yeah, I Dave, I think will maybe uh, look back at the footage of that and. Um, what did he do? I haven't seen it. He um, complained about uh, a corner that wasn't given to Dundee United and complained so vociferously that the referee came over to book him. And uh, Dave's reaction to um, getting booked was to scream something that I don't think I can repeat in the <laughs> in the referee's face, and he was then shown a red card. Fair so um, uh, he'll be he'll be sorely missed from the touchline uh, this this Not weekend. Not by the referee, by the sounds of things. <laughs> I think he's, I, is he, how many games is will he get for that one? Is there a, is, there, is he got? A, well, I think he's a, after, after, after his infamous no. four for sixteen <laughs> or whatever red cards <laughs> it was at the end of his playing career. I think. He's back sometime in early April. <laughs> <laughs> Which ironically, he, he did once tell me the story of the multiple red cards at Forfa. And as you say, he, he lost the plot last Saturday. But actually, those red cards, he, he remained relatively calm and was basically going, just, he just said, oh, I've had enough of this and kept doing something else. Yeah. And the referee's like, there's another one. And <laughs> Bo's saying, and while they're at it, I think this about you too. There's another one. And he just totted them up. So I think it would be even more frightening if he was calm. I think you can take a yes. rant from Dave Bowman, but there would be something slightly unnerving if he was that calm I'll tell, about I'll, it. I'll tell another, another quick story about when he was up for, for uh, uh, the play at Portsmouth, who were, uh, sorry, Plymouth, who were managed by Paul Sturrock. And uh, the late, great Dick Donnelly and I were speaking to him before the game, and he was like, I'm just playing for now it's, it's just good it's just good to still be in a dressing room and mix about 20 minutes into the game young Plymouth player 
goes right through him. Bowman picks him up by the throat. <laughs> and he was coming off at half time and said, Yeah, you're just playing for fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's time to go over the road. Well, George, var, 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 var. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? You know what? It's, uh, I think it's another thing. I don't, uh, the people, people are blaming VAR, but it's actually... It's, it's, the controversy that's coming out is it's how people are looking at the screen and seeing yeah. things that other people can't see. I, yeah, I can understand where Tony Dockett was coming from. And it was, we should say Dundee, uh, a, very, uh, a very sort of soft penalty was yeah. conceded at Ibrox, and then there was a debatable red card as well for, for Rangers. Yeah, I, I, and Tony Docherty came in post-match uh, into Rangers' very plush new uh, press conference facility, which is very nice. Mm, it's um, always been nice at Ibrox. Uh, they've, they've changed, it, park, changed yeah. it all now. Um, Put on a good spread, usually. Yeah, I was too, I was too late. I just, I got stuck Don't in, let them know. I got mm. stuck in traffic and missed that. Quite a good time um, last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was his immediate... There was no nothing about the performance immediately. It was straight into this problem with VAR, uh, which and you can you can understand it because what a referee Ken Clancy has seen immediately is I think it was a still of Donnelly pulling um, Seymour's shirt, which he shouldn't have done. Really, I, th- I think in the age of VAR, it's always going to be a penalty. But I can understand where Tony Dockett has come from in terms of. Seen the entire picture. Uh, the referee saw it he at the time. He did it first. Yeah. So Sima was pulling uh, Donnelly's shares as well, but I, th- I think it was just a wee bit of inexperience from a young defender that got uh, kind of Sima was getting away from him, maybe, or he'd slipped and he, he, he just kind of panicked a wee bit and then pulled the shirt. And at the time, obviously, Kim Clancy was looking right at it and, and decided that wasn't enough to be a penalty, but in the age of VAR, you just can't quite get away with it, and especially at a venue He's still like the Ibrox. I know no, that it's that that's what, two, that, that's what gets me. I I think the whole VAR thing is actually coming down to the standard of referees. Well, it's the, it's the guys that are uh, implementing the the rules, and these decisions are still subjective as well. So it comes down to the ability of that referee to judge that situation. And yeah, it's a really bizarre situation when you've got two players that kind of do the same thing to yeah. each other yeah. in the box but because he's called over to the monitor but he's not been called over to the monitor because of the foul that seem as because of the target. it's only the defender mm-hmm. that gets yeah, punished exactly yeah. so it's it's almost like he has to ignore that one foul because that's not what he's there for yeah. and that's yeah. not what he's there to judge and only look at the thing that happens and it it's kind of i don't uh, i don't know if that's technically the right decision I guess probably it is but it, it defies think, common yeah. sense yeah, just, it really does because especially in a, in a game where the love of rule hmm. I mean the, the SFA FIFA UEFA a, a law sorry I beg your pardon <laughs> they do love a law surely they could say and there, there there's an obvious starting point when there might be a potential penalty after a corner kick surely the first thing the referee get, should get shown is the incident starting with the corner in real time Mm-hmm. And then the referee decides. Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, but I, I, just, I wonder. Is I mean, logically, I would go over and look at that incident and say, yes, a foul has happened, but it's happened after 
the Rangers player has done the same yeah. foul. See, so it should be a free yeah. kick to Dundee. But are they not allowed to do that because VAR isn't there to judge um, attacking fouls? Well, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. that could, could well be the issue. Because mm-hmm. it, it just feels like in open play, a referee would just kind of ignore it's that. Because there was, totally, it was, it was totally. six or one and a half, doesn't it? Because it happened, Kim Clancy, again, Rangers against Dundee. Uh, uh, the other way around at Dens, uh, and Rangers had obviously already won the game. And there was a, a tackle at the end that I think normally a referee would just go, right, this game's done. It's, mm-hmm. It would be a bit harsh, so I, I just haven't seen that, so yeah. we'll just yeah. ignore it. But you can't do that anymore with no. VAR, because VAR's just going to make you go and review it. And I think that's what happened mm. in that game. There's a bit of that in both these decisions. That I, without VAR, I don't think it's a penalty, I don't think it's a red card. Obviously, on the pitch, that those are the decisions Kim Clancy went. And Kim Clancy had a good game. Rangers fans were going mm-hmm. mental about him in the second half, but I thought he was really good and quite strong and got all the big decisions right. But VAR has obviously come in and yeah. said he's made errors, which I don't think I he think really I, did. I think you're right. It's, it's a subjective call. And you've, I think he's got to give it. There, there's a, a, a yeah. freeze frame which is absolutely condemning. You know, we are yeah. effectively Aaron Donahue has slipped. He has got a hold of uh, Seymour's jersey, but it looks like he's pulled him to the ground. And uh, mm. there was none further from the truth. Look, see, the defenders at corners, you're always told, be touch tight. And the way defenders mm-hmm. do that is just take a wee nip on, on, a, on a player's jersey. Yeah. Not to pull him back, just so you know where he is. And most players do him. do that in the, mm-hmm. in the past. But as soon as the player moves, then there is going to be a, a slight tug yeah, on the jersey. Yeah. It's whether that has affected his ability yeah. to actually get to the ball. The big problem that Clancy's got is as soon as he's told to go at the monitor, he's going to have to be a big man to not give yeah. that penalty kick because what he's going to get thrown back in his face yeah. is similar incidents that have taken place at previous games where there has been a penalty kick, you know. Um, but I thought it was soft. I thought the sending off was soft. I've got to, I've got to be fair as well. I don't think it was a malicious challenge. It looked worse than it, than it but was. But with far, it's going to be a red. Too, too yeah, far, yeah. Thing. Um, so I thought are, the sending off they were so close together. I yeah. thought that that in itself was a mitigation. It wasn't like and the referee the guy, was right there as well. Uh huh. And gave a yellow mm. immediately. So, I t- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's a disappointing one, and it's something that they've got to. But as long as we're doing the subjective calls, and it takes a big man not to give it, not to give the penalty if these incidents have been given before. What's the referee going to get thrown at him beyond this? Is he favouring? Is well, he then, basically favouring one team against yeah. other teams? Well, I've the referee's got something for one team against other teams. And that's what you're going to get ah. thrown at you. And then you also take in the Josh Mulligan incident at Kilmar, against Kilmarnock yeah. when the referee went was sent to the... Well, after sending him off, he was sent to the monitor and stuck with his decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now he's been seen by an independent panel that that was wrong. And yeah. then so the, to get I was that very surprised with that one. That was, that was a bit of a shock yeah. when he came back and said, no, you're Josh, you're right. still going off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but going back to the game, the game itself, uh, Tom, Dundee will be really disappointed. I was really disappointed in the performance. I thought uh, Tony Doherty sort of... He, yeah. he wasn't too harsh on them, but, but I, I think could, it was a bit could, of good management, though, yeah. in terms of the post match. Yeah. Keep the focus on VAR, yeah. not very much on our defending. You could situation. feel it in, in his sort of. The, un, the, under, the undertones yeah. there were we could have done a lot better yeah. there than we did. And it's one of the few games that, that I've actually thought, you know, I mean, obviously they scored a great goal to begin with. Uh, they get their noses in front. Uh, before that, Lyle Cameron yeah. almost scored a fantastic goal, great save from Jack Butlin, which led to the corner, which led to Dundee going in front, but they just couldn't keep that. You know, you've got to keep 
yourself you title perfect, title. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a pure decision making from Jordan McGee for the for the first goal where he basically heads it right back into play when he should be knocking the ball wide and mm. and they're punished and then is punished for the penalty. And then he's not it's going anywhere near Sima. Yeah. Actually, you know what I, I would have thought um for that incident, obviously Donnelly's been penalised for, for holding Seema. I would have thought I'm not even worth switching. One mm -hmm. of the centre half shoes, Sean say, or Lamy says, You come and pick up my man, I'm going to take Seema on this yeah, kick maybe. because Donnelly gave him far too much room for the second one and he comes and powers into the net and Dundee face a, an uphill battle. Obviously, Rangers get a man sent off right right on the interval. And I thought, Dundee can really go and show what they're made of here because they're a decent football inside they can pass the ball yeah. they can create opportunities but they just did not do they that they did pass it well and they, kept, they had yeah, more possession but than they Rangers just did not do it though George yeah. and, and, and you know and I thought Docherty again he's, he saw it you know and he's, he's quick to make changes he brings on Tiffany um, he brings on Charlie Riley he brings mm. on uh, Zach Robinson great opportunities for these guys Tom. these guys are starting to get in mm -hmm. the team go and do something that's going to Force a manager's hand so that you're in the team going up to Ross County on Saturday. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. But they just didn't do that. None of them, none of them really did enough yeah. for me. And it was a really disappointing the way the game fizzled out. I was I know Rangers have got quality. So even though they're down to ten men, Alan, they can still pass the ball when they've yeah. got it. But Dundee should have done a lot more with that extra man in possession than they did. And I think deep down Tony Docker would be yeah. disappointed. And that, that's three games in a row now. The other team's been reduced to <coughs> ten men as well. Hibs, yeah. Hibs and Mallow and Dundee haven't won it. John O'Reilly can stop games. Dundee this season. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dundee haven't won any of the games, so that's the problem. <laughs> well, it works. One thing I've been Ross, Ross, Ross County might start <laughs> ten men on Saturday. There's a worrying trend now with Dundee. We've been praising the defence and the goalkeeper and, and what they've done, but there's a worrying trend that they're losing goals from set plays. They lost one against yeah. Hibs mm. from a corner. They lost one from a second phase, phase from a corner at Motherwell. And they've lost another one from a corner at Ibrox. That's not like them, Tom. No. They need to get out of their locker because... You look at the height in that defence. Well, I'll you. tell you what, you're going to Ross County. They've got a lot of big Huge. guys when it comes to set plays, so yeah. Dundee will have to be on it hmm. up there. Or and get... Derek Adams is the yeah. type of manager that will... Absolutely. If he sees a weakness, he'll try yeah. to exploit it. There's yeah, nothing that will frustrate a boss as well more yeah. than conceding goals from oh. set pieces, especially Tony Dockett, someone that's worked with Derek yeah. McInnes for so long. Like that's a, that was a coaching team that was very yeah. adept to taking advantage of set and pieces. They have been very, very strong at mm -hmm. that. They don't, mm -hmm. Before that run, they'd only conceded one all season yeah. from a, from a set, any set piece. Yeah. So. Which makes it... Uh, that makes it... Tough for a manager, doesn't it? When when you you think you've got something sorted, it's yeah, working well, suddenly. and suddenly out the blue, yeah. uh, there's a flaw there. It's uh, it's often harder. To well, it's harder to rectify. point because especially the personnel in general have been the same. You know, I, I know yeah. Donnelly came in at the weekend there, and, and Lamy was out at, at Motherwell, but in general, you know, it's it's the guys who've done it for you in the past who are are, are you know letting their letting their guards slip a wee bit now. So I'm sure here I'll tell you what they've been working on that on the training yeah, ground yeah, this yeah. week because they are going to get that's was as you say up at Ross County, a lot of big guys, a lot of six footers. Balls will be coming into Dundee's box on Saturday, and they have to deal with mm. it much better than they've done in the last few games. And the, the only thing that would frustrate me as an onlooker, just and and George will obviously have a better sense of how the momentum shifted. But last week we sat here and spoke about how Dundee will concede a goal at some point in uh, Ibrox. That is just the mm -hmm. fact of the matter don't concede another one and yeah, then yeah. another one and yeah. they conceded three goals in 14 minutes mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it it felt like a, a collapse is too strong a word but it, it certainly it doesn't make good reading on paper and it was something that was so obvious that we pinpointed it last yeah. week and it's disappointing that, that yeah. kind of, that's that's the way it panned out you know and it was that there were 
two, the, the, it was too easy for Rangers to score all three of those goals as well. Yeah. As Bear mentioned, can John McGee could have dealt with the first one with the penalty. Uh, maybe a bit unfortunate, but still, you can't pull a shot in the in the box. And then the third one is just a simple corner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that, that really would have annoyed uh, Tony Dorkey. And the, an issue they may have in terms of defending on Saturday is uh, looks like Antonio Portal is. I'd be very surprised if he's mm. fit for Saturday. And that'll be a big blow because he's been he's been excellent since he came back into the team at Hibs. Um, they immediately went and kept what five clean sheets in six games or something with his first few, um, and he's looked really really good on the right of that back three. So losing him, they obviously didn't have Owen Beck, uh, Ibrox, and then Portal. Might not off. have him on Saturday. Yeah, well. Going up to, to speak to the manager this afternoon, so hopefully find out if, if Beck's been training this week, uh, because that'll be massive. They're a different team with Owen Beck on that left flank. Um, it's quite easy to see. Um, so the two, two of them missing that didn't mm. help, obviously, Ibrox, because Patales went off just... He was on this... He was behind the goal when that corner came in for the penalty. So you wonder if he might have helped in some way, or mm -hmm. just losing a big defender. And there was a bit of confusion. You don't know whether maybe that had, had an impact on that because I saw them screaming for Lyle Cameron to come back into the box because they were a man, man light. Yeah. Um, to use his height. Just to, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I he think, went on. To, I think I would said come back yeah. if you want. Tom, <laughs> Tom, you're right though. You're, you're touching on something there. And I, I saw it on Saturday in, in Dundee for a while. They had a, a run of games. They were picking up wins and, the, and they were looking good and people were going more in the top six. And there was, there was mm. in some sectors talk of European football I would tell I would say to Dundee fans look let's temper temper that let's have a look I mean I'm, I'm looking now Dundee Dundee's battle this season is to stay in this league that, mm -hmm. there is absolutely no doubt about that I'm looking at teams at top six I'm seeing teams that are much much better equipped than Dundee at this point in time to take a top six top six place and I look at the physical side I know Dundee have good players but to me when you're playing Cameron when you're when you're playing uh, McKinnon. Luke McKinnon. Yeah. You know, they are a wee bit Tiffany. of lightweight. They bring on Tiffany. They are a wee bit of lightweight in certain areas where other teams are a bit more, you know, powerful. I, I look at that Kilmarnock side. I look at Hibs, powerful side, mm. maybe a bit more experienced. So do, let's make no doubts about this. Yeah, all these Dun Dundee's, have... Dundee's challenge this season, Tom, is to stay in this league. Yeah, I mean, with the, with the intuition he always showed when he was sports editor, Bear. <laughs> Preempted my next point is <laughs> I'm still hearing top six and it's, I was just talking about United fans might panic if they lose on Saturday. I'm I'm panicking already as a Dundee fan and I look at the table and the season's gone as well or possibly even slightly better than we could have hoped for so far. But there's still only three points above the playoff place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I tend to think, like Bear, that let's not put the put the top six top uh, talk rather away in a dark cupboard somewhere, and just concentrate on doing what you've been doing so far, and try to get the gap to the bottom two bigger. Yeah, I think. To be fair, I think at the start of the season, if you offered Tony Dockett and his Dundee team an eight-point gap over bottom place at this stage of the season, they'd yeah. have snatched your mm -hmm. hand off. I think. Um, I mean, the voice of doom here. Dundee do have a somewhat a tradition of getting relegated with, with, with 
as well as the bad yeah, seasons yeah, when they've yeah, been yeah. relegated, every season's mm. bad when you get relegated. They've had a few seasons when they've actually accumulated a reasonable number of points, but so is everyone else. And this is one of these seasons where most teams, it's Livingston close, apart yeah. just now, mm-hmm. are winning games. Three points separating five teams from yeah. seventh. Yes. Yeah. It pretty much says it all in terms of that battle to avoid 11th. Mm-hmm. I could not pick who will finish 11th. And what I would no. say is, having just had that big section at the beginning about how good both Dundee United and Race Rovers are, I'm not sure this is the season to be finishing <laughs> 11th, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> no. So um, certainly um, I, I would... I'd probably put my house on Aberdeen not finishing 11th. They'll do something to get themselves out of that. But in terms of every other side there, that's going to be a hell of a battle. St yeah. Johnston are on yeah. that. Ross County are on that up. Motherwell are possibly the one. But Motherwell, they're, they're getting points. Motherwell are the one team, yeah. ironically, that aren't winning. Yeah. But they're picking yeah. up Even though they're not winning, they're a lot of draws. They are picking up points here and there, yeah. And you just, if they can turn, turn one or two of them into victories, they'll soon start climbing mm-hmm. the table as well. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I know Livingston... Are struggling at this point in time. It's David Martindale's not going to give up the ghost. Oh, They'll still make yeah. a fist of it along the way. I mean, I saw them against Hibs. They were a wee bit unfortunate not to get someone from that game. Um, but it's just for one reason or another, and there are problems off the pitch at Livingston just yeah. now as well, which I don't think are, are, are helping matters. David Martindale's too much of a battler to, to, to sort of lay down. I lay had down an article saying, yeah. Is this the year that Livingston yeah. finally succumb? Well, they might get relegated, but they won't succumb to anything because no. they'll, whether they've finished bottom or not, they'll do exactly what they do. Yeah. And if that means fight all the yeah. way. It just but, depends on whether they've actually got the yeah. quality. Yeah. And Bear's right to point out the off the pitch stuff. I mean, I'm not as kind of um, in the midst of it as I used to be, but, you know, it seems like. Go and, go and explain this thing that. Seems like an ownership issue, but isn't an ownership issue. I heard that on the radio on Saturday, and I could feel my head exploding. Yeah, but it's not an ownership issue. But as such, That's but exactly there's, what there's said. people, there's people with um, vested interests um, in, in the club that aren't necessarily on the same page. Um, yeah, I think it's suffice to say. And when you approach January, and there needs to be work done on the squad in January. Yeah. That that would be the thing that would worry yeah. me as a Livingston supporter. I don't think they're dead and buried, but they need reinforcements in January, two or three players, and see if the people who sign the checks aren't necessarily too busy the squabbling in the same page. Then that would be the bigger concern to me. That that would actually, as a you know, if you were a Livingston fan, would actually be more of a concern to me than the actual results just at the moment because um, it's not a terrible team, but do they have the capability in January to add a couple of things yeah. that could spark a revival? I'm, I'm not necessarily sure they do, but yeah, as, as Bear says, you wouldn't be discounting anybody. Do you yeah, I mean, going back to my beloved Dundee, I, I think they've had a great season so mm-hmm. far, but I look at that table and I see half half that league's in a relegation battle and unfortunately Dundee are in that mm. half. Yeah, but that's why this Saturday is so big because when you're coming up against the teams in that, uh, yeah. in that mix... You have to pick up results. Yeah. That's that's just, and if you want to gate crash that top six, which Dundee would like to do, obviously, but we'll wait and see if that happens. Yeah, then have to go and yeah. win games away at Ross County and and pick up points along the the next few, and definitely beat St Johnson at home yeah. before the winter break. So you need to need to go and show you have the capability, which they have done yeah. in games previously. They yeah. dropped some points, which they they're still kind of smarting about. Um, 
they need to get, get a win on the board again because that's three games without a win and suddenly when you get to four and then yeah. you've got Aberdeen and Celtic yeah. It's, yeah. it starts to yeah. get a wee bit. I look at this game and it's, it's a bit like the United Wraith Rovers game this <laughs> is the, you can't say whatever happens on Saturday this is a season defining mm. game but if Dundee win this you might at the end of the season yeah. say that was well, a season well, defining game because what? that was the one that they pulled themselves yeah. away I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to I'm going to give you an old Dundee fans a warning two years ago yeah. right almost to the same weekend yeah. we went up to Ross County in a similar position they were five points actually five points clear of Ross mm-hmm. County they were leading 2-1 well in the second half you know to go eight points clear which we're talking about an eight point gap you know mm. on, on someone and Ross County turned it around and, and won the game 3-2 and Dundee, well, Dundee, Dundee threw it away really. Dundee threw it away I was a couple, yeah. of, goals, couple of yeah. big big errors I think yeah. Adam Legsons didn't cover himself in glory with a couple of things but anyway Dundee lost the game Alan and by the time we'd got to the you know, first or second weekend in January, a, a club that could have been eight points behind Dundee were suddenly three or four points ahead of yeah. Dundee in mm. the table. And that's the sort of thing that can happen. So Dundee need to get back to doing what the... Uh, it's, 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 I'll be interested to see how Dundee performed this weekend. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you'd like to go up there and get a victory. But I'll tell you what, for me, and nothing's up draw, yeah, yeah. I would take that. Because yeah. it, one, one, it would be a point. And two, it would show they've still got clean sheets in them, Tam. It would show that they can still defend properly against a tough, tough side. So yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard game, but yeah, there's a the warning signs are there for Dundee at this point in time. They've been able to keep their heads mm-hmm. above the sort of relegation buffer, and if they can do that through the course of the winter, coming into the spring. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be yeah. fine. What you don't want is to start sl- going on a slide and seeing teams. I think we we'll have to say. I mean. Tony Docherty and his players, if they're daft <coughs> enough to listen to this, could be sitting going, what are you talking about? We've, we've been doing well, we're going well. Mm-hmm. And, and, up, yeah. and and they're quite right to think that way. But I go back to the point about fan confidence. We've seen all this before. Mm-hmm. So, so have Dundee fans. We've seen this thing where it goes wrong in these type of games. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where the worry comes. You can't... I mean, it's, it's maybe irrational in one sense. But because we've seen... Games like this prove very costly come the end of the season. And panicking. <laughs> what, what I would say to, to counter that panic is though that Just give us a Valium job. <laughs> this uh, this Dundee team is stronger than that Dundee oh, team you mentioned. Yeah, that's what I say. It's it, it's it's unfair. And if you're in that dressing room, it's probably unfathomable as well because that they'll, they'll look a decent, pre- a really decent mm-hmm. Premier League yeah. team. But we've got we've got history, yeah. unfortunately, on our side, and it's a dark side. Somebody say something. I'm just I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. I think I've, I think I've, Dundee will do well on that. Yeah. I hope uh, and so. And I think that Dundee. But they're capable from a from an outside perspective with uh, no trauma or skin in the game. Dundee seem a fine top flight team. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I don't think they'll they'll trouble the top six, but I have seen several far worse. Mm. Premiership teams uh, this season than Dundee have been at any point, so um, I wouldn't be inclined to worry. But that doesn't that obviously shouldn't translate into complacency, and I'm sure it won't. But I I, I think there's a lot of worse teams than Dundee yeah. in this, yeah, and this division based on what I've seen. I think Dundee by any standards are a decent Premier League team, but I've got this well, irrational yeah. fear. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well you've got to look at the opposition, Ross County. I mean. Derek Adams has given a, a big kick up the backside, and you know you just know 
that they're going to be in Dundee's face. You know that. Yeah. You know that any corner kick, there's not going to be any short corner kicks. There's not going to be any yeah. short free mm. kicks. They are going to be putting balls into the mix, getting guys like Jordan White. They've got a few big defenders that come up for them. Simon Murray can be a handful of these sort of things as well. The way. And Dundee are going to be really tested. Do you mean Dundee fan Simon Murray? Yeah. Don't, don't forget your roots. Yeah, exactly. I would say that Where do your loyalties yeah. lie, Simon? Exactly, Simon. Yeah. He's, he's actually the last. I can see his two fingers <laughs> raised. Yeah. He's actually the last Dundee man to score a winner. Yeah. Thing, well. Yeah. So, and that, and that kept Dundee up uh, yeah. in the division that season. Um, so, they've had some good. Are you suggesting he scores an own goal? <laughs> no. I just hope you enjoy that. your trip more than my last one. That 4 0 defeat la- that oh, Dundee yeah. United took last time might have been the worst than the United performance I've witnessed and I've seen them Aye. ship nine and seven. So yeah. also it's, it's, uh, see a return yeah, to the festive the festive theme. My idea when I was working of a good Christmas was no December or January trips to Inverness or Ross County. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm looking forward to it. But Dund- I liked the games once yeah. I was there, but it was the journey. Aye. To be fair, Dundee have a pretty decent record up at Dingwall. Well, it's far better than Inverness certainly. Um they've won quite a few and they had some really good moments. I was having a wee look Back, I've done a piece for this lunchtime looking back at some of the moments that included mm. that yeah. last well, one. That, that was McCowan's Lou, Lou McCowan scored, I'll tell you what, he scored a, did he score, he got two, he, got two he? Yeah, yeah. he scored a couple of great goals and he actually had an opportunity for to get a hat trick. Yeah. He was through and, and the keeper pulled off a, a fine, yeah. fine save or well, that would have went to 3 1. You would have thought it would have been game over. But. And there was, there was a lot of Mark O'Hara scored an absolute ripper yeah, up did. there. Yeah, um, Rory Loy got a couple. Dundee was 3 0 up after an hour at one point. And then Ian Davidson is the pick of the bunch. I don't know if you remember that one. 30 yards out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Rattles in it. That was the Team 12 season. Uh, or Club, Club 12, sorry. Or whatever it was. Um, he smashed it in the top corner from 30 yards. I'm not sure he's ever done it again. You're making me feel a bit more confident than <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. so well done, George. Yeah. And, and, George, I'll give you the chance to continue this positivity. Going to get an early Christmas present with some good news on Owen Beck. Uh, I don't mean his injury. Well, I hope, so. I hope he's playing on Saturday because he's a joy to watch. Um, Looking further ahead, George. I, I think your crystal ball. Um, well, we're waiting to kind of find out exactly what the decision is going to. Whether he sticks. George, around. I want to open my presents now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be sticking around. It's not been confirmed yet, but I think it will be. That's certainly good news. And I think that's a good way to end. Um, next week, we might even have two and a half Christmas jumpers. <laughs> if you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice 